on prayer. And again, I trust that it has been a blessing to you as it, as it is uh, to me, as much as it is for me. Uh, as I said in the beginning, there are plenty of messages about this uh, text, about this passage. Uh, and, uh, and I hope in some small way uh, we have uh, been refreshed. We have been reminded again of how it is to pray to the Almighty God. Uh, and what are we really praying for uh, when we come to Him? Uh, that said, this uh, prayer really ends uh, as it began, um, and uh, uh, we started with the praise and indeed the recognition uh, of uh, our Heavenly Father from whom all blessings flow, as the uh, hymnist uh, has uh, told us, uh, and that means uh, to, to hallow His name, we've uh, covered that, uh, I hope uh, extensively, and you still remember it, uh, to hallow His name, that means to fully submit uh, to him, uh, and uh, tonight we are about to confess and declare yet again uh, his kingdom, his power, and indeed his glory, and to rejoice uh, for what and who he is to us, uh, being our God and we being his people. Uh, Matthew 6, uh, if you haven't um, uh, turned there yet, please do. Let's be upstanding uh, as uh, we begin reading again. Uh, at least for now, for the last time, uh, beginning here in verse 9. Matthew 6, 6, verse 9, After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, in fact, let's read it together, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Indeed, Father, we are thankful for this night. Once again, that we could open your word in freedom. And Lord, have a discourse about it. Help me. Oh God, help me again. As I attempt to do justice to the preaching of your word. Uh, Lord, as best as I know how, I've studied uh, but uh, that is uh, uh, not going to be uh, fruitful and productive uh, if you wouldn't bless it. And so, Father, help me not to speak my words, but your words. And uh, I pray, Lord, that your will and way be accomplished in us, uh, that we would see our lives yet again into the pages of your holy word, and we would walk away from this place a little bit more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the faithfulness of these dear folks. And, Lord, I pray that uh, in some small way, uh, we would uh, be encouraged in your word. And Lord, as you have promised, uh, that it will not return void to us. And so, Father, we, we give you the praise and indeed the thanks uh, for you are indeed our great God. And so we thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's, in fact, uh, the title of our message this morning, Our Great God, Our Great uh, God. Uh, beloved, you don't need me to remind you that uh, we are living in a world uh, that is filled with trials and tribulations, with sadness and sorrows, indeed with death and devastation. And as a child of God, isn't it reassuring that we are uh, subject to and serve to the one true God that is worthy of all our praise 
and indeed deserving of all glory. Amen? Isn't that reassuring? And uh, in, in a world that is continuously degrading and debasing itself into destruction, isn't it comforting that we can rejoice? Remember, rejoicing is not the same as happiness. Rejoicing is far deeper. The, in the midst of all the, uh, the, the, the stuff that we see, that we can rejoice in the midst of it as we praise the Lord for Him uh, being our God and we being His people. And so as we pray, what can we rejoice about our God? And as we look and focus our attention on this last uh, line, if you like, of this prayer that he has taught his disciples and by application to us this evening, what can we rejoice about our God? You know, this afternoon I was, uh, <laughs> I suppose, uh, reviewing the last few Sundays and uh, the sermons that I have preached and uh, I had a glance of uh, some of the things that I've said over the last few few Sundays on missions. Uh, beloved, uh, please uh, indulge me. Um, and I know uh, uh, some of those messages are fairly strong and straight. Um, and uh, I don't want you to get the idea that the pastor is always angry. <laughs> you know, the pastor is always uh, having a go. Uh, but I want to challenge us. Uh, I want to challenge our hearts and our heads. Uh, to um, indeed, as I was saying this morning, to get up and go, uh, get off our apathy, uh, and indeed focus our attention on, on missions. And so tonight, uh, I want to be a comfort to you. I want to be an encouragement to you uh, that in the midst of what we see all around us, that we can rejoice in our God. But how? What can we rejoice about Him? Well, firstly, we can rejoice in His kingship. And indeed, his kingdom, his kingship and his kingdom. Not just the kingdom, as we have been witnesses to yesterday, but the kingdom. The kingdom of kingdoms, the king of kings, the lord of lords. Now, I know we look around us tonight and it looks like Satan and indeed his demons are in control. The chaos, the crime the catastrophes, the falsehood, the wrongs being made right. Uh, and it is easy for us to forget that there is one with a capital O that is in control of all things. Who is really the one and only true God of heaven and earth. He has an eternal and perfect plan for his creation and indeed his creatures. And many times, even if it's so hard to see, don't lose, beloved, don't lose that assurance that he has got our back. He knows what he is doing from the time of the beginning of time as we know it. Because our God is eternal. He is not bound in time. Until the time that we will be taken into glory with him. He has a purpose and he will fulfill that purpose. Our God, beloved, is sovereign. The real sovereign. Dependent on no one. Uh, and who is over and above all. And there is no one like him. There is no one like him. 
Isaiah 43, verse 13, Yea, before the day was, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Isaiah 46, verses 10 to 11, Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure, calling a ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from the far country. Yea, I have spoken it. I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Oh, the sovereign God that we serve. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 In whom also we have obtained an inheritance Being predestinated according to the purpose of him Who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will There's so much talk about predestination these days But here we need to understand that he predestinated us according to his purpose And for his working I can I encourage you tonight then Things may look chaotic. Things may look catastrophic. Oh, but our God is and will always be on the throne forever. Will be forever, be in control of all things. I know you're in pain. I know you're having some difficulties right now. I know you have questions. Perhaps doubts and difficulties. Can I encourage you tonight? It may look chaotic on the outside. But God is and forever will be in control. Psalm 45, 6. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of thy kingdom. You have an idea now what a scepter is after last night. It is a right scepter. Psalm 145, verse 13. These are not my words. These are all from the scriptures. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. My dear ones, do not despair. Do not let anyone tell you that God has been dethroned by the evil one. Oh, no, beloved. Not then. Not now, and never will be. Revelation eleven fifteen, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Aha. Uh -huh. And so when we pray... For thine is the kingdom, as we see here. We really are acknowledging his supremacy and our subjection to his supremacy. Uh, we are acknowledging, better yet, accepting that he is our king and we are his servants in his kingdom. That's what we're praying for. When we say, for thine is the kingdom, he really is our Lord. Literally, and we are his. Uh, we are and all that we will ever be. Uh, you, you know when we say our money, our job, uh, our life, our family, our house, our car, uh, our church even? No. 
This church is his. He is the head of it. I'm just an under-shepherd. And I'm supposed to follow me as you follow, uh, follow him as you follow me. We are all part and parcel of the body of Christ. You are here because God wanted you to be here at this time. And one day, you may not be here. You'll be moving on to some place somewhere. Because God is the one that fits people in into the body of Christ. And so whilst we're here together, let us understand His Lordship over our life. You know, if it wasn't for Him, and it wasn't for His grace, we are destined for hell. We are most miserable. And even now, as the redeemed, we are only what we are by the grace of God. That's all. And I think the sooner we accept that, the better we will realize how to treat ourselves and others around us. There's nothing good in us, beloved. Nothing. So let's not pretend that there is. We are by grace what we are. Uh, Paul said, but by the grace of God I am what I am, and beloved, having the assurance and the confidence that the Lord controls the kingdom. He has the authority to answer our prayers and indeed grant our pleadings, and that is a reason to rejoice. Mm. For thine is the kingdom, and secondly, the power. Beloved, we can rejoice in his power. Uh, 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 not only do we have a sovereign, but also a supreme, almighty, omnipotent God. Um, Genesis 18, verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Uh, Job chapter 42, verse 2, I know that canst do, that canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. Uh, Psalm 62, verse 11, God has not spoken once, twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Jeremiah 32, verse 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Matthew 19, verse 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Some more? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Now I labor through all these verses so I filled up my sermon tonight with just the word of God rather than my words. So we can directly get it from this holy word. Because if he says so, that means it's true. I, I read a, or heard a, a, a preacher say once, God promised to bless his word, not my stories, not my illustrations, but his word. And so all these verses tell us about the power of God. The word omnipotent comes from the word omni, meaning all, and potent, meaning power. 
He has all power over all things at all times and in all ways. Can you see that? That's what it means to be an omnipotent God. That means all power over all things at all times and in all ways. Isn't that worth rejoicing? That's who our God is. We see God's power in creation, of course. While man needs materials and equipment to build or create things, God simply spoke everything into existence. Ex nihilo. From nothing to something. The Genesis record confirms that for us, but, uh, and he said, let there be, and it was so. Can you see that in the Genesis record? Let there be light, and it was so. And over and over and over again, just by his spoken word, things came into existence. Mind you, not incomplete creation. Complete. Uh, don't argue uh, with the word of God, and no matter what the evolutionists say, it is a complete creation. It's not that God has just spoken uh, and it, it existed, and then evolution took over. That's a trick. That's a ploy. That's deception. When God said he created uh, the animals and the cattle, they were complete creation. They didn't evolve further. Uh, We also see, oh, first let me just say that the Genesis record confirms that, and and many thousands of later, the psalmist in uh, in Psalm 33, verse 6, says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. See scripture, interpreting scripture. Uh, We see God's power not only in creation, here it is, but the preservation of his creation. That's important. Not just that he created it and left it alone to evolve, no. We see his power, his omnipotence by his creation and the preservation of his creation over time. Some fundamentals there, but uh, we need to understand that. Psalm 36, verses 5 to 9. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reached just unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life in thy light. Shall we see light? For thine is the kingdom and indeed the power, and thirdly, the glory forever. The glory forever. Psalm 8.1 O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. O beloved, the Lord does what he does so that he might be honored by his creation and indeed his creatures. The Lord does what he does so that man might be drawn before him 
in worship. He does what he does so that his name might be exalted. He alone is glorious and he alone deserves the glory. Men and women down through the ages, kings and queens, have been and gone. Politicians, philanthropists, celebrities, sporting greats, uh, have all their time in glory. But God is the most glorious of them all. And if we can only learn that, whether therefore we eat or drink, um, or whatsoever we do, we do all to the glory of God. It would change our lives, really. It would change our lives. It will change our churches dramatically. If we acknowledge that everything that we say and do is for his glory and not for anyone else, it will change the, the way we live our lives. And indeed, the way our churches continue to exist. James chapter 4, verse 3, tell us, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your last. Now, I read this verse many times. And uh, this week, I was sort of soaking on it, and I can't speak for you, but these are the thoughts that came to my mind. I wonder, perhaps, one of the reasons why we do not receive what we ask for in prayer because we do not seek his glory first. On the things that we pray for. Perhaps the reason why we do not see revival in us individually and then corporately is because we do not seek his glory first and foremost. Perhaps one of the reasons why we do not see more people saved is because we do not seek the salvation of the lost for his glory. I, I, I don't know about you, but as I was soaking on this verse, which I have read a plenty of times before, it just dawned on me the times that we have asked amiss. See, beloved, God said in Isaiah 42, 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another. Just before we close this series, this prayer that the Lord taught his disciples, it, he ended it in the word, Amen. Now, you and I say that to each other. But I often wonder, do we really understand the word amen? Amen, however you say it. Now, it's found 25 times in the Old and 125 times in the New Testament. And what it means, beloved, is so be it. Let it be true or true. It also means yes, like we're agreeing. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 tells us, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Uh, this means that all the promises of God are truly 
verily true, and it is to be so in Christ. So when we say amen, that's what it means. And so when Jesus instructed his disciples, and by application to us, to pray like this, as he has told his disciples, we end with the assurance, and indeed the confidence in the promises, by saying, Amen, we are actually saying, so be it. <laughs> it's going to be just like what you said, Lord. That's what we say. And so my dear ones, we perhaps do not fully comprehend this because we view ourselves in the light of the Lord Jesus, uh, who is so different from us in his holiness, in his righteousness, in his love, agapao, unconditional love. We're so different in the exercise of his mercy. Sometimes we exercise mercy conditionally. He's so different in his grace, in his long-suffering, in his humility, in his truth, and indeed in his glory. When we look at ourselves into the mirror and when we wake up in the morning and we have this sense of awe uh, and we have the realization of how uh, different we are, uh, just like Isaiah, uh, uh, he saw himself as undone. And we see ourselves in the same category. Here is this majestic, almighty, omnipotent, powerful God that seems so huge and big that we can never match up. How can we be accepted by Him when He is radiating full of holiness and glory and here I am struggling like a little Christian along the way. You ever feel that? Oh, sometimes we feel so inadequate, undeserving. But you know, beloved, Romans 8, one of my favorite chapters in the entire Word of God, in verse 17, tells us, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. If so, that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together we have experienced justification we are going through the process of sanctification and oh I cannot wait to the time that we will go through the glorification what a day that will be we serve a good God we serve a gracious God, and indeed we serve a great God, and He is worthy of all our praise. For thine is the kingdom. Remember that. And indeed, His is also the glory. He is indeed worthy of all our praise. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Indeed, thine is the kingdom and the power and indeed the glory forever. Amen. Tonight we finish the series.
And the next coming Sundays, we'll start anew. And uh, I trust that every time you look at the teaching on the Lord's, uh, Jesus' teaching on prayer, you'll remember all the things that we have examined and studied for. I think after all of that, let's sing to our wonderful, great God.